This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Live from the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, fresh off the set of Fox and Friends, it's America's receptive voice. Brian Kilmeade. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade coming to you uh, from our New York studios, but heard around the country, around the world. Uh, we have Alan West coming up in 15 minutes and Tony Robbins at the bottom of the hour. Yeah, Tony Robbins, uh, you know, Mr. Personal Power. He's put together a plan to help each and every one of us through the pandemic. I don't care if you're able to work, not work. I don't care if you lost your business, you have a business. Uh, we all have been affected by this. So I sought him out. He's a great guy. I've known him since... 1994, when he was helping the Los Angeles Kings and Wayne Gretzky mount a uh, run towards the Stanley Cup Finals, and of course heard all his tapes and was able to keep in touch with him over the years. He's actually in one of my books about how sports played a role in his life. And uh, these guys, he doesn't just say, hey, you can do it and pat you on the back and high five you. Uh, He gives you ways forward uh, while also letting us know that a lot of the people in charge of our lives are not doing anything based on science, and we got to find a way to overcome it and fight back. We are a country that does not uh, does not have, was founded by a bunch of people who didn't mind taking risk. What happened to that country? Big three. Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three. Two words for today, pardons and commutations. Sources here at the White House tell us that President Trump could issue up to 100 of them. All right, Trump's last day. What should his next step be? A new poll shows 59% said he should not hold public office again. Yet he accomplished a lot policy-wise. Where do you stand? Number two. The good news is that even though people can be radicalized, they can also be helped to come back to themselves. The bottom line is all of America needs deprogramming because we've all been negatively influenced by Donald Trump. Yeah, that's some of the crap that comes out of other networks. Big question. What happens to the millions of Trump supporters under old Joe Biden? I have an idea. Deprogram and dehumanize. That's what seems to be happening. That is outlandish. The left-wing push led led by big media and big tech's got to stop. Number one. The president-elect will introduce a plan that could, if passed, legalize citizenship for millions of immigrants who are living here currently without current status. He also plans to make it easier to seek asylum along the U.S.-Mexico border, impose a deportation moratorium, and extend protections for so-called dreamers. All right, here we go. Uh, It started on day one as promised, but he promises everything on day one. Joe Biden, day one from being sworn in as our next president, announces an immigration revamp that could not sound anything less like the theme that he has on his inaugural, which is American United. It sounds more like America my way or get out of the way, which is not good. Look, we all know what the deal is with immigration. I mentioned it last night at 7. Thanks, everyone, for watching. But it's not hard. We've had this debate three or four times. Democrat president, Republican president. Once you have 60 votes in the Senate, you're not going to get it through. And even that, you always get some heretic that's not going to go along with what the party wants. So... 
the pre- the Republicans traditionally want the border enforced. They want border security. In turn, then we could turn around and say, where do we stand with all the illegals that got in here because we didn't build a war- wall and we didn't secure the border? Joe Biden doesn't talk anything about border security. And here's what is going to be coming out today. Uh, essentially a three-year path to naturalization for these uh, DACA kids, so, so-called so dreamers. The young people arrived here illegally as children and no fault of their own, all true. They go through school. They have no problem. They go to get a job. They got a problem. Um, the bill is not comprehensive, but it gives them a three-year pass to naturalization. Of course, you get a DUI, you rob a store, you rob a bank, you commit a crime, you commit a felony, you're not eligible. I'm fine with that, and I don't think Republicans are against that. They just want to do a deal and not just give, like everybody. Under this new legislation, those living in the U.S. as of January 1st, 2021, without legal status, would have a five-year path to temporary legal status and a green card. Now, if they pass background checks and pay taxes and fulfill other basic requirements, they will have citizenship. Uh, so Biden plans to unveil the sweeping immigration bill, but it's not really that sweeping because it doesn't talk about border security, uh, hoping to provide an eight-year path to citizenship. What do you think about that? Well, what I think about that is how is that going to – someone tell that to the caravans heading our way. 9,000 from Honduras, thousands from Guatemala. Did you pick up the New York Post today? It's you know downloaded if you're not in New York. It's a great paper despite what Twitter won't carry. And it just shows a picture of what's happening. Why? Because they watch our news. Why? What do they get from that? Joe Biden says many times, not one person is going to be tossed out, is going to be sent back when I become president. Cut to. They're having a new president versus Biden. He's going to help all of us. He's given us 100 days to get to the U.S. Okay. 100 days to get to the U.S. Because he said during the debate, by the way, they pay attention, and they've always said that. Uh, Ken Cuccinelli, uh, Jay Johnson, Mark Morgan have all said the one thing that's so amazing about people that come across the border, whether they're low income or or they're uh, uh, one of these uh, drug smugglers, they all know what's happening in the news because they follow it because they know different administrations have different policies. And they got to adjust their tactics. So, the, so for 100 days, he says, I'm not going to deport anyone. So they're coming. And now the report from NBC is uh, Biden officials saying, don't come now. Number one, don't tell them that in English. Number two, it's too late. They're already on their way. So Guatemala, Honduras are trying to keep relations decent with the new administration. They're trying to stop it, but they can't. For Tom Holman, who used to work at the border for Republicans and Democrats, he says he knows exactly what he did when he did that. Cut six. He's not realizing his mistake, Judge. He He knew exactly what he was doing. And FY14 and 15 during the first surge, I briefed the White House numerous yep. times. What's causing the surge and how we can shut it down. So he knew his words during this campaign, the promises he made, he knew it would cause a caravan. He knew it would cause losing control of the border. But his quest for power and, and, to, and to satisfy the far left and get their votes meant more to him than the safety and security of this country. That's what's most alarming to me, that he knew exactly what he was doing. Now he's trying to push back on that. Too little, too late. They're coming. He lit the fire. It's on its way. And I'm watching Fox News right now, and they have video of a Honduran still making their way through despite security efforts. Now, 
I don't, I mean, I have the, nothing but the highest esteem for Central and South America. It's the hardest working people I've ever come across. I'm a soccer player. Some of the best players, they, they have a, a blue collar work ethic uh, on the field, as well as uh, uh, doing some of the work that uh, they're probably better at than most Americans and more willing to do, like everybody else, from the Italians to the Irish, they work their way up. Nothing against them. If the people were pouring in from Canada, I'd say the same thing. We have a right to control our borders. He's going to set up multiple platforms for deportation areas and, uh, I guess, photomat. Well, with those old photomat stores, they're going to take those booths and put them at the border to process people quickly. Now, look, the tech center wants to be able to import students and keep them here. And we know the agricultural network wants to be able to have day workers and day passes. There's a for, There's places for them to work. I get it. Our economy is about to turn around. We're needed. I understand it. But just talk about border enforcement, and we could be talking about a deal, I think. So that's the issue. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about something else, and that is the talk of deprogramming Trump supporters. Do you understand you're talking about 74 million people? More people voted for Donald Trump than Barack Obama and Bill Clinton by a lot, which that's part of the reason why— Donald Trump couldn't believe he got 10 million more votes this time than last time and lost. We get it. By the way, coming up at the bottom of the hour, you get my first of two-part interview with Tony Robbins and then Lieutenant Colonel Allen West coming up next. So this will be it. I'm going to build on this with Colonel Allen West. But when you have people who win, I know elections have consequences. I've never seen people so dismissed by this. I see Democrats mobilizing to make every Trump supporter a white supremacist that raided the Capitol. When only 8% of Americans supported the raid of the Capitol. And I imagine even uh, just a little bit more supported even the protest that took place at the White House with the president. It was a dumb move. And by the way, Melania told the president it was a dumb move, according to Axios. I thought it was a dumb move. I said it two days prior to the event on Wednesday, two weeks ago. I said, wait a second. The Electoral College is being banged in on Wednesday, officially made on Wednesday, and now you're going to have a protest on Wednesday? I'm like, this is going to be anarchy. And everyone wrote, oh, you, you're banding the president. I didn't ban the president. Dumb move. I did not think by any chance you could even get in the Capitol building, let alone the Capitol building being totally wide open like it seems to have been. I mean, every time I go to the Capitol, uh, I got to take off my belt and my watch to get through. It, it, it's higher security on these metal detectors. By the way, I always have, I have stuff in my pocket, so it takes me forever. Than most airports. But listen to the dismissive way they talk. A lot of my, my listeners are like me, Trump supporters, voted for the guy. Cut seven. Katie Couric, Eugene Robinson, a columnist on MSN, and an MSNBC contributor. Cut seven. It's really bizarre, isn't it, when you think about how AWOL so many of these members of Congress have gotten. But I also think some of them are believing the garbage that they are being fed 24-7 on the Internet, by their constituents, and yeah. they bought into this big lie. And the question is, how are we going to really almost deprogram these people who have signed up for the cult of Trump? There are millions of Americans, uh, almost all white, almost all Republicans, who somehow need to be deprogrammed. They're, it, it, it's as if they, don't, they, they, they are members of a cult, the Trumpist cult, uh, and, and who have to be deprogrammed. Unbelievable, right? How, how insulting. I, I voted for the guy. I like the guy. I showed up at his events. Uh, these are what people are saying, and now I'm part of a cult. Uh, and, and can we forget skin color? 
Republicans for years have to do a better job in the for in the urban environment getting blacks and Hispanics, and he got more than George Bush, Mitt Romney, and John McCain. That's a party issue, but it doesn't mean they're anti-black. It means they have not resonated with the black community, have not put the effort forward. Now everybody who's a Republican is a white supremacist. That's got to stop. 1-866-408-7669, and it's going to stop. Lieutenant Colonel Alan West is next, and, and I don't think Democrats should allow it to resonate. Uh, then Tony Robbins. He is going to inspire you and give you a plan to work our way through the pandemic. Back in a moment. It's Brian Kilmeade. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. As many of you know from your own life experiences, a life in so-called blue-collar work is something to be proud of. It is very rewarding to work that has impact on your friends, your neighbors, and your family's lives. Great successes can be had in the blue-collar career. There's no degree requirement for achieving comfort, peace, and freedom. While schools cut shop classes and funnel students into colleges, there are plenty of options for hard workers who are ready to take advantage of open positions. Many young people today assume that college is the only way to achieve success in life. That is not true. Let me introduce you to Ken Rusk. Ken spent his younger years digging ditches and working in construction. He never went to college. Instead, he made goals, planned, and worked hard for 30 years. Now Ken is a successful entrepreneur with multiple businesses and revenue streams. In his national best-selling book, Blue Collar Cash, Ken shares his insights from over 30 years of working in blue-collar trades as an entrepreneur, mentor, and life coach. Now he's created a guide made specifically for you and your unique situation. This guide will give you or someone you love the tools you need to start designing the life of their dreams. You can achieve your dreams regardless of your educational background or your past. Go to KenRusk.com path to learn more. That's KenRusk.com path. Breaking news, unique opinions. Hear it all on the Brian Kilmeade Show. We are demonizing a class of people, a 75 million Americans, if not more. We're destroying them. I'm looking at the media. The, the voiceless are being trampled upon. Nancy Pelosi and all these politicians, Republican or Democrat, are acting as if they just went through Pearl Harbor. And they did not. And that's what they're trying to do. Uh, every Trump supporter is a white supremacist, and everyone can't be trusted, especially those in camouflage. With the National Guard, they're demanding to be vetted. The FBI doing uh, reporting that they got some uh, intel on this. But guess what? The Secretary of Defense says, I haven't gotten anything on this. What are we to believe? Let's ask Lieutenant Colonel Alan West. Hey, Colonel, uh, I happen to know you're a Trump supporter. Can you be trusted? Oh, wait a second. You can because you're not white. Well, no, uh, because Joe Biden actually said that uh, if you, uh, you know, support Donald Trump as a black person, you ain't black. So I'm confused. I, I don't know what I am, and 
this is what is so very disconcerting and disgusting and disturbing about what we see happening. I served 22 years in the United States military. My dad served in World War II in the Army. My older brother, Vietnam, is a Marine. My nephew is currently serving. We all took a note to the Constitution of the United States of America, not to a political party, not to a person. And for us to believe that now this income administration wants to vet members of the military as far as their loyalties, I mean, you've got to be kidding me. What's next? Are we going to have political officers in our military, commissars, who are going to go around and ask people what their political affiliations are and what have you? You know, if you're going to go down this path of politicizing our military, it is not a good path to be on. And that is what I see that is quite disturbing about this vetting of our National Guard, our military, and the fact that we have more troops uh, stationed in Washington, D.C., than I believe we do in Afghanistan and Iraq combined. How about this, Colonel? I don't get it. You tell me. Why would it that the Secretary of Defense doesn't know anything about this, and I believe they're in charge, uh, uh, about any Mm -hmm. threat from inside the military on uh, non-Biden supporters uh, who are Trump supporters? And why does the FBI say an unnamed source Uh, in the FBI, told the Washington Post a different story. And here's what Steve Cohen, the despicable congressman from Tennessee, said, cut 11. The Guard is 90-some-odd percent, I believe, male. Uh, Only about 20 percent of white males voted for Biden. You've got to figure that in the Guard, they're probably not more than 25 percent of the people that are there protecting us who voted for Biden. The other 75 percent are in the class that would be uh, the, the large class of folks who might want to uh, uh, do something. I mean, do you believe this clown? And there was no pushback on him. So if 90, if, if 90% of the white people voted for Biden, look out, all 90% are dangerous. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, this is this whole identity politics thing. And to try to demonize these men and women who are the best that this country produces that serve us in uniform. And, you know, you call out the National Guard for all types of uh, emergencies within the states and also to deploy and leave their homes and participate in combat operations. But now all of a sudden, you know, your political views are being demonized and, and attacked and assailed by these these progressive socialists, like I said, what's next? Political officers and commissars in our military. So we're heading down a very dangerous path that uh, that I, uh, you know, it's, it's shameful to see happening. And again, when you talk about the fact that you have an FBI that is going out and talking about, you know, potential insider attacks, the FBI is losing credibility and validity just about every single day. I mean, we go back, we know what has happened with the Hunter Biden issue. We know what has went on with the uh, the the uh, Russian collusion story and taking in that Christopher Steele dossier, which is just a bunch of lies. So the American people are starting to lose incredible faith and trust and confidence in what are supposed to be the institutions that, is, that, that should be safeguarding them. Yeah. uh, The other area I wanted to bring up is the supporters of Donald Trump and 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 what they uh, what they're dealing with now. Listen to how they're being described by a so-called cult expert and mental health professional. Cut nine. It's a systematic social influence process, but it starts with deceptive recruitment. And in my analysis for my book, The Cult of Trump, what I realize is that there are authoritarian cults that are influencing, were influencing Trump, that were bringing their base to follow Trump.
So are you were you brought to Trump by a cult? Uh, no. And, you know, last night I was up at Heritage Ranch, uh, just north of Dallas, Fort Worth area. And there were people there, you know, ladies that are in their, you know, late 60s, you know, some of them in their early 70s. They're President Trump supporters. I don't think they're members of cults. But this is what's happening. When you go down the path of demonizing an entire group of people, dehumanizing an entire group of people, you take away their identity. And then you have people like Katie Couric, like uh, Eugene Robinson, talking about deprogramming people, talking about reeducating people. This is how you get started, just the same as what happened in Nazi Germany. And Nazi stands for National Socialists. Or in uh, the Soviet Union with gulags and things of this nature, Chairman Mao. We don't want to see that happen in America. Colonel, thanks so much. Appreciate you straightening everybody out. Hopefully people are listening. Uh, Colonel Allen West, when we come back, Tony Robbins will inspire and give you a game plan to get you through the pandemic and get you through the other side. He's as frustrated as you, but he's got a plan. He wants to share it. Don't move. It's the Hammer Time Podcast. Fox News Channel's Bill Hammer takes you one-on-one with engaging personalities covering the critical issues of the day. Find Hammer Time now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. America's listening to Fox News. The fastest three hours in radio. You're with Brian Kilmeade. The 15 days that we had of mitigation clearly have had an effect. But the reason why we feel so strongly about the necessity of the additional 30 days is that now is the time, whenever you're having an effect, not to take your foot off the accelerator and on the brake, but to just press it down on the accelerator. That was March 31st, 2020. So can you imagine if I walked up to you in 2019 and I said, I need you to take your foot off the pedal in your life. No more speeches, no more going to work. I don't want you going to school. If you're going to school, you're going to go home just for 15 days. You would have said, you got to be kidding me. Well, we did it. Then we did it for 30. And now we've almost done it for a complete year, depending on who you are, where you are. There's not one person in America, likely around the world, that can say they have unaffected adversely by the pandemic. So how do you get through it psychologically? When everything that you thought you had control of is out of your control in many respects. The first person I thought of, I didn't want to bother him unless it was absolutely necessary because I know how busy he always is, is Tony Robbins. Uh, He doesn't tell you how to make your life better. He shows you and he gives you the stats to back it up. He's a best-selling author, life and business strategist, always upbeat uh, because he's always moving forward. Tony, welcome back. Great to be with you, brother. Tony, so... Through all this, people are having a tough time keeping their minds straight because so much on what's happened to them, their relationships are strained, their job is affected, maybe it's gone, maybe the business is gone. What has it been like for you being that you've mentored so many people and they feel like, uh, they feel like they've leaned on you in the past? Honestly, you know, I, I'm human as well. I think we were all taken by our knees by this and, and the changing goalposts that you just acknowledged, right? We're going to do this for two weeks. We're going to do it for a month. You know, we won't be back to sanity until we have vaccines. Now they're telling us uh, you have a vaccine, you still have to wear a mask and still have to socially distance. I mean, uh, so the level of frustration that people have is extremely high. And I can remember, you know, um, I, I had this big birthday party that we celebrated. I want to do it with a purpose. So we raised $20 million, $19 million to help kids that are on slavery. And 
So we're in this real high, and two days later, somebody calls me and says, are you going to cancel your San Francisco event for 15,000 people? And I said, are you crazy? Last year I was in Australia, and I had the mercury poisoning. I bled out. I went to the hospital, lost a third of my blood supply, and the guy said, you're here for four days. I said, no, I've got to get on stage. He goes, there's no way. I said, you can't stop me. So they gave me a wheelchair, and I finished that way. So I went through the emotions I think your listeners are going through. Number one is was shock. I don't know how many people just remember when they started telling you that you can't go anywhere, do anything. We're going to put healthy people in isolation, something we've never done. It's just it was shock. Then you go through the second one, just like the loss or a death. You go through anger or frustration, and then eventually maybe some bargaining, like, you know, maybe I can do this deal. Like, I'm, I'm going to do this in another city because, you know, my, this is my mission. I have 74 companies, but... My, what I do for a living, I see a quarter million people a year in 100 countries usually. I, I normally go to you know, give you a perspective. Like in 2019, I do 118 cities. I do 16 countries, some two or three times. And all of a sudden, everything on earth is stopped. And then after you're done trying to bargain and that doesn't work, eventually, you know, people get really sad or depressed. I got really sad. It's like, oh, this is my mission. What the hell am I going to do? And then eventually there's acceptance. That's, that's what they teach you when they talk about dealing with death or a huge loss. But I think there's a missing stage, and it's why so many people are sad and upset. It's why in San Francisco, for example, three times as many people have died of overdoses and have died of COVID-19 in the last nine months. It's like we're not seeing all the side effects of all this. But the stage you got to get to is to create. It's to understand that, okay, whether you like this or not, whether you think it's true, right, wrong, and different, doesn't matter. You've got to deal with it. So what are you going to create new? Because it's a new world now, and we need a new you to make that happen. And so for me, I started to create. The you know, first thing I said, we'll move to Vegas. <laughs> we'll drive into Vegas. Never going to shut down Vegas. We'll go to Texas. It's its own country practically, right? The governor's never going to shut down there. And they did. So then I was like, okay, I'll do this in movie theaters because I can't do 15,000 people. I can do 50 at that point. And then they shut, shut down to 10 and they shut down movie theaters. I'll do it in churches. They shut down churches. So finally I said, I got to do what I said I'd never do. I'm used to doing an event with 15,000 people you know, stadium, 12, 14 hours a day, four or five days in a row. And the energy is unbelievable and the music and everything. I can't do it in somebody's home where they're sitting by themselves and their kids going by and everything. But I decided to build this Zoom stadium. So I just said, it's time to create a new people need this right now where they live. And we put a format together where now I've seen in five months, I saw almost 200,000 people where I'd normally see a quarter million people in a year. And we're helping people in their homes. And we're helping people to do is to realize you've got to retool. No matter what's happening outside, you, there's still an inside world you've got to take control of. And it's time for you during this time to figure out how to connect with your family and figure out what do you want going forward and what skills are going to be necessary for you to succeed in this new world. So you say make2021myyear.com is where you go. Five days of a free 90-minute live training starting January 21st at 11 o'clock Pacific, 2 o'clock Eastern. You and other world-class experts reveal new tools and strategies in this crazy world. Well, yeah, I mean, we have three quarters of a million people already signed up for this. So it starts this coming Thursday, as you said, at 2 p.m. And I'm going to do, I say 90 minutes, but I usually go two hours as an adding value. There's no charge for it. Just people are trapped at home. I want to help them. So for five days in a row, we're going to show you what to do with your body and your emotions and your relationship and your finances and your career or your business. And we'll bring you the tools that really make a difference. But the number one skill that everybody's got to develop is taking control of their mind. Because that's the part that's messing with us the most. And there's three decisions, Brian, that I just want to plant a seed with your listeners on that you're making right now. We're all making them. Yep. And unfortunately, we usually make them subconsciously, right? We're not aware of we're making them. And so we're not in control. We run the same patterns, the same frustrations. The first decision you got to learn to consciously make is what are you going to focus on? Because where focus goes, energy flows. 
if you focus on something, if someone tells you it's the end of the world, and you keep thinking about it, it's the end of the world in your body. You're going to feel sick. You're going to feel overwhelmed. You're going to feel stressed. You're going to feel worried. If you're focused on what you can do, it's a different world. So focus determines the way you feel. And if we focus on something that's not true, we'll feel those feelings, whether they're true or not. Focus equals reality for the individual. So let me give your listeners three patterns of focus to give them a little test. And I do this all the time. So the first okay. question is, we all have habits of focus. So do you tend to focus on more of what you have or more of what's missing? What would you say? Um, I have to go out of my way to focus on what I have. I have to say, stop down a second. What's good about this? But my natural is to focus what I don't have. And you know what? That is the, the achiever's curse. Even in a non-COVID environment, you know, I got 15, 20,000 people. And I ask this question. 85% of them raise their hand and say they focus more on what's missing than what they have. Because as achievers, I'm one, two. We're always trying to make it better. And it's really useful to see what's not good enough, what you want to be better, and then do something about it. But what unfortunately happens, it becomes the habit of your thinking. So think about this. How could you ever sustain happiness, no matter how smart you are? Think of this as software. The software that's currently running you, it's not you. It's the software. If the software is always looking for what's wrong, how can you ever sustain happiness? You cannot. You can't. Even people that are really super successful don't sustain it often because of this one habit. If you focus on what you do have in the middle of everything, there's so many beautiful things, your health or your vitality or your love or your children or whatever the case may be, we can only build on success, not on failure. So let me give you a second pattern. Do you tend to focus more on what you can control or what you can't control? What would your answer be? I would Who's say, which one do you do more? Uh, my, 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 I'm going to give you a different answer to that. My problem is understanding what I can and can't control because I always feel as though I could have done something. Is that a bad answer? Yes. No, it's not a bad answer. It's an honest answer. And that's very often a cheaper answer as well. I can relate to it completely. But if you focus on in the COVID right now, most people who are overachievers tend to focus a bit more on what they can control. I, they believe they can control everything. I got to find a way to do it. That's why they come see me. They come to an event to figure out how to take control of their finances, their business, their, their emotion, their relationship, whatever it is. So it's a, it's a great mindset. But in COVID, more people are focusing on what they can't control. And trust me, there's plenty we can't control. The real question is, what can you control? Because it's the only way you have some sanity. Imagine you're trying to have a quality life and you're constantly focusing on what's, what's missing and what you can't control. That's just software. That's not you, meaning it's habit. Yep. But it's controlling you because you're not aware of it. Here's the third one. You tend to control more or focus more, I should say, on the past, the present, or the future. We, we all do all three, but where do you spend more of your time, do you think, in your case, Brad? Uh, I just spend I much long I look to the future, less on the past. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't even like classic rock. Well. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, 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 it's literally the past is interesting, but most of it you can't control. Yep. It's done, right? The present can make, make you feel more fulfilled if you do it right. But achievers are always anticipating the future. And the ideal goal is present and future. You stay in the moment, and then you anticipate what's going on. You don't stay stuck in one or the other. But watch this. So I'll ask people in an audience of 20,000 people, how many of you know somebody that takes antidepressants and they're still depressed? 90% of the room raises their hand in maybe 50 of the 100 countries I go to. Any of them socialized countries or any of the Western countries almost always have this. And I say, why is this? Because all drugs do is numb you. They don't take care of the source. If you're constantly focusing on what's missing, what you can't control in the past, then you're obviously going to be angry, sad, or depressed. There's zero question. So just changing that first decision, right. the habit of that decision, becoming aware of it, completely changing. You focus on what you have and what you can control, 
and what you can enjoy in this moment and what you're going to create in the future. And you're going to start to feel completely different, COVID or no COVID, you know, you know, political issues or no political issues. Second decision. Once you focus on something, you've got to decide what does it mean? Is this the end or the beginning? If you think this is the end of a relationship, you're going to behave very differently. If you think it's the beginning of a relationship, will you do anything for the person, right? Yep. If you think this is the end of your quality of life for America, you're going to behave really differently than you think this is a new beginning. We're going to find things in a new way. Do you think someone is dissing you, you know, disrespecting you? Do you think that they're challenging you? Are they coaching you or are they loving you? If you think they're disrespecting you, you're going to respond and feel very differently than if you think they're loving you. And you're making those choices unconsciously. So finding the empowering meaning is the other piece for sanity in COVID or in any time in your life. Third decision. The minute you come up with a meaning, it creates emotion. Okay, you're, you're dissing me versus you're loving me. Very different feelings in me. And your feelings control your third decision. What are you going to do? Are you going to do nothing? Are you going to move forward? Are you going to get angry? Are you going to find a way? And so the first two decisions control how you shape that third decision. And that third decision, what you decide to do is what controls your whole life. So every moment of our life, we're making these three decisions. We can come aware of them. Mm-hmm. We can now start to not just think positive. That's BS. I don't believe in just thinking positive. I don't think you should go to your garden and there's weeds there and just start chanting. There's no weeds. There's no weeds. There's no weeds. Come, come on. You got to see the weeds so you can rip them out. That's called being intelligent. But, you, but most people are doing is seeing it worse than it is. Because we're all afraid of being disappointed. We're afraid of failing. We're afraid of being hurt. So we make it worse than it is. And, and then, of course, then you have something called the media. The media is good people. They're doing their job. But listen, their job is to get you to pay attention. And we're, we, you, know, you hear people still talk about we're in the information society. It's yep. the biggest BS on the planet. The information society died a long time ago. There's too much information. We're, we're you know, drowning in information. We're starving for wisdom, right? And the media's job is to get you to watch. So we know it's not designed to educate you anymore. It's designed to startle you, right? And so that's what happens. And so people let the media control their focus, their meaning, and to some extent, their actions. And so what I try to get people to do is say, bring in various forms of media, not just one. Take in some of that. You've got to inform yourself. But in the end, you've got to make these decisions from a place that guarantees you're going to make progress. Because in the end, what's going to make you happy is not perfection. There is no perfection. Progress makes you happy. If you're making an improvement, if you're overweight but you're doing something to make it better, you're going to feel better. I don't care who you are. Your relationship's not great and you finally take the bull by the horns and start to deal with it, you're going to feel better. It doesn't matter what you're doing, your finance, your business. So right now while you're at home, you got to do something to start making it better. you got to retool yourself. you got to figure out how you're going to pivot because it's a new world. We need a new you. And that's, in essence, what we're doing this free training for five days as well. I'm just doing this because I want to see people have some answers because most people, unfortunately, are home. They don't know what the hell to do. And they're watching the news over and over again, which unfortunately, very often, right, bad news sells. You know it, right? You know, if it bleeds, it leads. We know these phrases in the journalistic environment. Absolutely. So you got to do something different. You know, a great idea is not going to interrupt you. you got to pursue ideas that are going to change your life. And if you're, if you're a husband or you're a wife or your mother or a father, it's your job to lead. And in order to lead, right. you got to feed your mind. And that's what I really think people have got to do during this time. That is just the first portion of a, a half-hour interview. I'm going to be doing that throughout the Tuesday show, so don't move. I'm going to post it online. He is unbelievable. When we come back, uh, your unbelievable calls, one 408 This is Brian Kilmeade. There's no topic he won't touch. And there's no opinion he won't engage. It's one of the great joys of my life. Call in with yours at 866-408-7669. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show. 
from the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, publisher of The Federalist, and I'm inviting you to join a new conversation with the smartest thinkers out there about the country and where we're going. Subscribe to the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. The talk show that's getting you talking. You're with Brian Kilmeade. Welcome back, everyone. It's Brian Kilmeade Show. I love Anthony Robbins, as you could tell, and you'll hear a little bit more inspiration and reality check for him. It's also very nice of him to admit, hey, listen, I've been bummed out, too. He's used to going in front of 25,000 people, drop a hat every single day, 100,000, whatever it is, and they took that away. And a lot of people out there do speaking for a living or do seminars for a living. They were held back. Teachers have been held home. I, I can go on and on and on. So it really is one of the things in life, the only thing I could ever remember that affects everyone on the planet. But let's find out if there's non-coronavirus things to know. More to know. Sponsored by Oxford Gold Group. Call today to learn how you can protect your retirement and savings account. 833-600-GOLD. That's 833-600-GOLD. You know, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football. MVP wins the Super Bowl. This is his fourth year. You know that already over the Kansas City Chiefs. Also know this. He got a concussion. Chad Henney comes off the bench and Kansas City survives against Cleveland. And they're supposed to play in the AFC Championship game against the Bills. But Patrick Mahomes has a concussion. And there's a protocol with that. Brett Favre knows all about this. Played through all of it. There was none of that protocol in the NFL at the time. Has this Word, these words of advice for Patrick Mahomes. What would you say to Patrick? I played 321 straight games. It kind of goes against everything that you know, I stood for when I played. you got to be smart. I was never faced with a decision that he potentially will face this week. And ultimately, the decision may fall on the doctors. And if they choose that he doesn't play, then it's the right move because of long-term damage. When you're in the moment and you're young, you're bulletproof, man. I'm 51 years old and I wonder what tomorrow will bring because of concussions more than anything. What is Patrick? It's 24, 25. I had it all figured out. So I urge him and all players to, to be extremely smart. 321 games. That's unbelievable. But I do think it's going to be out of his hands because if he plays and gets hurt again, the game's destroyed because he's such a marquee player. I would agree. And I think also, I mean, how beneficial is, or to the benefit of him, that Brett Favre can give him that, you know, those words of wisdom because Brett never got those, right? We didn't know what we know now about concussions. Wait, shake it off, take some smelling salt, get back out there. Yeah. Next, Starbucks is going to help Washington's coronavirus vaccine effort. On Monday, Governor Inslee announced a statewide public-private partnership to build up the state's infrastructure so it's able to go to eventually vaccinate 45,000 residents per day. Uh, So he thought Starbucks was a good place to go. Uh, Starbucks president and CEO said the Governor Inslee has convened some of the best public and private resources, so he's going to try it. they got to get more vaccine, though. Uh, Starbucks clarified that its physical store locations will not serve as vaccine sites. Glad they're going to help out. Just I would want to know more. more re- how? If it's not their sites. I don't know. How? Makes no sense. Give you coffee with a shot? I'm not sure. Steve Martin, Willie Nelson, Loretta, Lynch, uh, Loretta Lynn all received coronavirus vaccines. Steve Martin says, good news, bad news. Uh, the good news is it was smooth as silk. The bad news is I got it because I'm 75. Ha. Very funny. Yeah. Willie Nelson, Loretta Lynch also announced they received their vaccines. That's great. I just want everyone to be able to get it. Please make more Pfizer. I think it's unbelievable that Governor Cuomo says, I want to cut out the federal government. I want to buy him from Pfizer myself. Didn't you complain about that to Trump when he told you to do that with the PPE? Yeah, I remember that. Do you? 
from the Fox News Podcasts Network. Download and listen to The One with Craig Gutfeld, the co-host of The Five, like you've never heard him before. You know him, you love him, you want to be like him. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. From the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, giving you opinions and facts with a positive approach. It's Brian Kilmeade. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the latest minutes of the Brian Kilmeade Show. We are coming to you from New York, heard around the country, heard around the world. Privileged to have Tony Robbins coming your way. You know, he's one of the most positive people you ever meet. What I find so intriguing about Tony uh, is that he has strategy. He doesn't say, hey, you can do it. High five. Go go get him, uh, buddy. I believe in you. And he'd say, no, this is how you do it. What are the five things that matter most to you? How do you get through the pandemic? Uh, what are the frustrations that you're going to have? What does it do to relationships? Here's how to get out of it. Here's what you should do. Here's the reasons which maybe you should cut bait. That's my opinion. But he's not there just because he knows all the rich and famous and the presidents. He's there to help everybody. And uh, I've gotten to really appreciate it, got the chance to know him. I've been trying to get him before uh, when the pandemic first hit. We finally made it happen in January, as he promised. And the strat- it, they're all going to be posted online. I gave you part one in a separate hour. We're going to have three parts throughout the show. And I think by the end of it, you're going to get a lot out of it. Grab a pen, though. I was actually writing things down. Allison's my witness. I was writing things down during the segment. Uh, because I'm always into that stuff, especially from him. Uh, Varney and company will do a simulcast on FBN. So right now, let's get to the big three. Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three. Two words for today, pardons and commutations. Sources here at the White House tell us that President Trump could issue up to 100 of them. Uh, That is uh, Trump's last day. It is today, last full day. What should he be doing? A new poll shows 59% said he should not hold public office again. Where do you stand? Yes, he did accomplish a lot policy-wise. I'll go through it. What do you think? Number two. The good news is that even though people can be radicalized, they can also be helped to come back to themselves. The bottom line is all of America needs deprogramming because we've all been negatively influenced by Donald Trump. What an insult. What an insult. This clown, of course, on CNN. Big question. What happens to the 75 million Trump supporters who uh, have to live under Joe Biden now? I have an idea. Let's deprogramming and dehumanize them. That's the strategy everyone's using. Joe Biden hasn't yet, to his credit. The latest outlandish left-wing push led by big media and big tech. Number one. The president-elect will introduce a plan that could, if passed, legalize citizenship for millions of immigrants who are living here currently without current status. He also plans to make it easier to seek asylum along the U.S.-Mexico border, impose a deportation moratorium, and extend protections for so-called dreamers. (laughs) Biden, one day one. And he's already, before he's even sworn in, as the next president announces immigration revamp. That could sound anything less, could not sound anything less than the theme of his inaugural, which is America United. More like my way or get out of the way. So I'll talk about that, and we'll talk about that now. So what are the specifics of the Joe Biden uh, immigration plan? He's path to citizenship. He's not even talking about border security. Maybe he's holding it back. I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, When it comes to the DREAMers, 
let's legalize them. He said uh, the so-called dreamers, the young people who were brought here illegally against their will, as well as agricultural workers and people under temporary protective status, could qualify more immediately for green cards if they are working, are in school, or meet other requirements. The bill is not comprehensive, as we explained. It's a three-year path to naturalization. Now, for everybody else, under the legislation, as we understand it, as of January 1st, 2021, without legal status, people here will have a five-year pathway to temporary legal status or a green card if they pass background checks, pay taxes, and fulfill other basic requirements. They'll have to report. They'll have to be recorded. If you don't get rid of sanctuary cities, if you don't finish the wall, already paid for, heavy penalties, if you stop it, it's going to be a non-starter, which they say no 60 votes. Therefore, they'll try to get rid of the filibuster. Joe Manchin says he will stop it. Will he be a person of his word? Tom Cotton slammed Biden's immigration proposal in in series of tweets. He says, prioritizing amnesty ahead of the pandemic, Joe Biden is uh, wasting no time in trying to enact a radical immigration agenda. He's unveiling in his draft immigration bill this week, and it's what you expect from the party of open borders, total amnesty, no regard for health or security of Americans, and zero enforcement. If you look at the cover of the New York Post today, it shows thousands of uh, Guatemalans and Andorans marching our direction. If you see the video on our channel that we I posted last, I, actually I posted a picture, not video, they're coming our way. Why? Why would they be coming our way? Do they know it's inauguration day? Yes. Do they know what Joe Biden said as a candidate? Yes. How do I know? One caravan member told us this. Cut to. They're having a new president versus Biden. He's going to help all of us. He's given us a hundred days to get to the U.S. (laughs) <laughs> and they're coming. Now, in this plan, he got to be here by January 1st. It would be too late for this guy. Tell that to the Border Patrol. Tell that to everybody who's going to have to pour into the border and try to process them. I've been to the border. You know that. Played some clips from it. It is so overwhelming, it is actually traumatizing to see it. They could not put up tents fast enough. The parking lots weren't big enough. The Border Patrol, people who haven't been out in the field in years who were uh, executives or officers, were forced back out. They could not bring people back fast enough. And they're not threats. They're just pouring in because they want out of their country. That's just not the way it works anywhere else on the planet, especially in a pandemic. Joe Biden, you got the perfect out. Guys, my liberal left, my crazy, crazy left, I'd love to do this, but I'm worried about your health. The reason we're locked down, your kids aren't in school, the pandemic. You're scared to death, right? That's what you told us, correct? I'm telling you to wear a mask. How could I tell you to wear a mask and say six feet away and then allow caravans to come here unchecked with no background checks? Cut six, Tom Holman. He says Joe Biden knew exactly what he was doing. He's not realizing his mistake, Judge. He knew, he knew exactly what he was doing. In FY14 and 15, during the first surge, I briefed the White House numerous times. What's causing the surge and how we can shut it down. So he knew his words during this campaign, the promises he made, he knew would cause a caravan. He knew it would cause losing control of the border. But his quest for power and, and and to satisfy the far left and get their votes meant more to him than the safety and security of this country. That's what's most alarming to me, that he knew exactly what he was doing. Now he's trying to push back on that. Too little, too late. They're coming. He lit the fire. It's on its way. 
Okay, so if you're going to blame President Trump for the invasion of the Capitol, why not blame Joe Biden in his words for what happened yesterday? 8,000 migrants made up of mostly families and young children entered Guatemala on Friday but encountered a line of National Guard troops and immigration officials who used tear gas and batons to halt their march across the country to the Mexican border and eventually into the U.S. For now, the caravan remains stalled near the Guatemala border. That's a problem. And his words started it. So when is he going to apologize? Or was he programmed by Trump? I am talking about this new push to make sense of the 75 million that voted for Trump and the 63 million that put him in office to begin with. It wasn't the Russians. It was Trump. The people that show up in 21-degree weather in Wisconsin at 11 o'clock at night with no ride home just to see the president need to be deprogrammed. Not my words. The words of... Katie Couric and Eugene Robinson, a columnist and contributor. Listen to this, cut seven. It's really bizarre, isn't it, when you think about how AWOL so many of these members of Congress have gotten. But I also think some of them are believing the garbage that they are being fed 24-7 on the Internet, by their constituents, and they bought into this big lie. And the question is, how are we going to really almost deprogram these people who have signed up for the cult of Trump. There are millions of Americans, uh, almost all white, almost all Republicans, who somehow need to be deprogrammed. They're, it, it, it's as if they, don't, they, they, they are members of a cult, the Trumpist cult, uh, and, and who have to be deprogrammed. Listen, there's a whole bunch of Trump people who work for the Trump administration are being dehumanized. They're being unhirable. They're being X'd out. I hope they go to the places where Trump supporters are and they get great jobs in states, but they're not going to be able to stay in federal government or get uh, the the jobs they deserve by the resume that reflects their experience because you don't get paid a lot to work 24 hours a day in government. So they're not getting what every other administration got, and that's big jobs getting out of this and a lot of prestige because of this. So I'm going to take a time out. I don't want to take too much time away because we have the Anthony Robbins interview part two coming up next. He was able to do it yesterday afternoon. But when we come back, I want to take your calls on this, one 408 Then I end the hour with Stuart Varney. There's usually some minutes at the end of that to talk about. And keep in mind, I'll be on tonight at 7 as well as Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then back to, back to Fox and Friends in the morning. Thanks so much for listening to The Brian Kilmeade Show. Back with the most inspirational person that you could possibly meet or hear from next. You're with Brian Kilmeade. New from the Fox News Podcasts Network. My name is Kennedy, and welcome to my podcast, which will, I humbly say, single-handedly save the world. You're welcome. It's Kennedy Saves the World. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. He's so busy, he'll make your head spin. It's Brian Kilmeade. Hey, you know, I mentioned that Tony Robbins, best-selling author, life and business strategist, joins us. You can follow him at Tony Robbins. He's got this great thing coming up that's called New World, uh, New World, New You. It's a challenge starting January 21st, 2021. It's going to be a major Zoom-like call where he's going to inspire you and tell you some of the strategies. But before you do that, you just go to make2021myyear.com. Before you hear that, and, and it's coming up this week, next week, I wanted you to get a preview from him in a free-form situation. He was kind enough to join me. So here's more of our interview with Tony Robbins. 
There's a lot of families and friends that have been divided because of politics, because I cannot believe you were critical of Black Lives Matter. I cannot believe that you're part of a group that invaded the Capitol. I cannot believe that you followed this candidate who didn't campaign or another one that never stopped. What do you say to people who are going through relationships that are fractured over politics? I'd say, you know, you got two options in life. You can be right or you can be in love. <laughs> and if you don't want to be in love and you want to live in hate, keep focusing on being right, because none of us are. I don't claim to be right. I claim that I found some areas that work, and they may not work forever, but these strategies I've learned from other people have a proven track record. Let's just test what works. And in our situation here, you just got to decide. It's like, do you want to be an upset all the time with the people you love most? It's just ridiculous. But I think we've also got to remember that so much of this is not even driven by individuals. We all have our own personal responsibility. But let's be honest. Technology is starting to use us instead of us use it. Right now, I mean, you watch somebody with their phone, and like, the text doesn't go through, and they're banging on it with their finger. I mean, give it a moment. It's going to a satellite, you spoiled little brat. You know, like, come on. I mean, we're in a place where technology has made us have you know, no patience for one another because we expect everything we should be able to get the minute we punch a button. And that's not how humans function. So we got to take back that control. And I'm sure many of your listeners have watched The Social Dilemma. I mean, you see the level of science that's being used to wire your brain with dopamine to do things. And how do they do it? They reinforce what you believe. They say, you know, you, you type in Google and you ask about uh, global warming. Based on what you've searched before, you'll either get up something that says it's, we're all going to die in 12 years or it's all BS. And it's from the same company, Google. It's just they reinforce you multiple times and then right. they aggravate you. That's what keeps you online. And they make money every second you're online. So we're in a world where the primary form of communication is literally inch by inch trying to control and direct you so they can sell you products and services. And they know everything you do, everything you've searched, everywhere you've gone, everyone you've communicated to. I don't know if most people have been listening, but Facebook just changed the rules and Instagram as well. They literally can open up your camera and see what you're doing. It's legally in the document. Look it up for yourself. I know it sounds completely absurd. They can take your contact list. I mean, the thing is they allow themselves to do now, and some people know it, they're like, oh, but this is the only way I can do business. So you just have to be aware that you right. are in control, but you have to make the choices, and you can't go to sleep and let technology or the environment or the news control your mentality, your emotion, or the quality of your life or the quality of life of your kids. And then, by the way, is your thing sold out? It's free, so they can come. I got it oh. large enough, so yes, please come on Thursday. There's three-quarters of a million people almost right now. We're expecting we'll probably about 850000 Make 2021myyear.com. Five days of free 90-minute live training starting January 21st, 11 o'clock Pacific, 2 o'clock Eastern. Tony, I am now inspired. Yeah, it's, my, it's, my, it's, it's, it's make2021myyear.com. Make2021myyear.com. Did I, did I screw that up? No, maybe I did. Oh, okay, no. Make2021myyear.com. Okay, good. Tony, thanks so much. Uh, I can't thank you enough. My audience thanks you. You just uh, Eventually, they're going to come up to you in the street and say, I heard you on the Brian Kilmeade show, and they're going to thank you in person. And I guess we're, and the theme is make your, we're going to get out of this and be aware of what you're doing in the middle of this. And you can become a better person in the middle of this. Uh, thanks, Tony. You got it, brother. Uh, Tony Robbins. So nice of him to join us. We got a few minutes now. Uh, basically, if you want to build on this and, and what he's saying is you got to take action and take control of your devices. And that is one thing I, I saw uh, some of the people, the, the actually the producer, uh, from that that social media show on Netflix, uh, the social dilemma, and he does say you, we got to get control of these devices. Now, for me personally, I have an out. 
I actually don't think I would be on much if I didn't work. I find 99% of my stuff, I'm on email, answering people, keeping up to date, whether it's a show, a guest, a request, uh, a question. I don't really need Facebook. I know people that stay on Facebook and Twitter and all day and Instagram and Snapchat nonstop, but I'm not sure they're aware of the fact that they're uh, – their newsfeed is filled with things that uh, that their past uh, that their past impressions show that they're interested in, and that's manipulating them. Uh, I think it's fascinating and scary. Mary, listening in Florida. Hey, Mary. Hi, Brian. How are you? Good. What's on your mind? Well, actually, what's on my mind is as I was listening to you this morning, because I've totally had to shut TV off and not listen to any of that, (laughs) but I can hear you and love you. But when I heard them talk about deprogramming Trump voters, I I thought they're crazy. They would have to go and do 75 million lobotomies. (laughs) So I think it's nuts. How how about this, Mary? What an insult. And and it's not even even if they feel that way. Say it to each other. If you go public, why is it good business or good politics to vilify 75 million people, more than more votes than Barack Obama got, Bill Clinton got, George Bush got, Al Gore got, anybody, John McCain, Mitt Romney? At the very least, be street smart and say, how do I win them over? Why dehumanize them? They don't care. They really just don't care. And, you know, and I just said, you know what? Shut it off. Don't listen to it. And thank God I can listen to you. (laughs) Good. Because that's my saving grace. I'm honored, Mary. Julia, WABC, New York. Julia. Hi, Brian. How are you? Good. Uh, I was listening this morning to Katie Couric on TV and on your show, the deprogramming like the, the prior guest. And I am furious with that because that insinuates that we as conservatives do not know our own mind yep now i take that as an insult you know what i say to the democrats or the liberals who say that kind of thing deprogram yourself and stop giving us this kind of grief you 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 already won you got biden you got it already Julia, I hear your rage, and I totally understand it. When I heard it, I felt the same way. What an insult. And if, if I heard Republicans talking about Biden voters like that, I would feel the same way. I'd say, What's, are you crazy? Dehumanizing a bunch of people because they have different philosophies on national security, immigration, or anything politically oriented on, on international trade deals or NAFTA or NATO? Just say, we're all Americans. We disagree on this. Best of, better, better luck next time. Go ahead, go win back the House and Senate. What Republicans got to do is reconvene, get their message straight, and go back win the House and Senate and get some control back in their country. They have a lot of power because these are slim majorities. And this is a president that didn't really earn this victory. He barely showed up. Back in a moment. When we come back, I'll take some more calls, and then we'll do Stuart Varney after that. 1-866-408-7669. Brian Kilmeade Show. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, download and listen to The Untold Story with Martha McCallum. The host of The Story on Fox News Channel sits down with major newsmakers each week to get their untold story. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Information you want. Truth you demand. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. It was on tape. We've seen what happened. Was it the right thing? No. No. But it was not Pearl Harbor, and we have kids in America 
living with gun violence, helicopters overhead, gang violence, gang culture, who are being traumatized every day, and I'm supposed to feel sorry for Nancy Pelosi? And we're talking about the trauma that happened in the building, and Jason Whitlock, um, African-American political and sports reporter, anchor, opinion guy, columnist, he was on Tucker last night. He was moved by Tucker's opening, saying this is unbelievable. The dehumanization is taking place, the vilification of people by the color of their skin on Martin Luther King Day. Only this time it's white people, uh, and most of the people doing the accusations are white people. You know what they're trying to do? With impeachment and with these comments, they're trying to divide the Republican Party. They're trying to say, look at Liz Cheney. She's so smart. Uh, look at the apology from Senator Langford. He's so contrite. And look at how bad Kevin McCarthy is. Look at how bad Steve Scalise is. Uh, look at Mitch McConnell. He's with Liz Cheney. So they're trying to divide. That's what this impeachment is about. It's for the next election. Tradition shows the party in power takes a thumping in the first midterm. Obama got plastered. Bush would have had we not been at war. Clinton got destroyed. Got a terrible start. Oklahoma uh, bombing, sadly, he was so strong on that in the time of mourning, they were able to reverse the fortunes of that administration. He came into his own, and they screwed himself up. But that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it impossible for, for Republicans to recover because they did quite well in this election outside the president. Anthony, listen, WVMT in Burlington, Vermont. Hey, Anthony. Hey, good morning, Brian. Uh, I love your show. I love your approach to life. Um, and I, I really appreciate your voice. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. And on television. Yeah, I was on now, this morning with your morning team. I know you were. It was great. We, uh, they're, they're, uh, they're doing a great job. Yeah. Uh, we're a huge uh, VMT family. Um, this thing with Trump or what they're trying to do, I think, is it's, it's pretty scary. They, they want to they wanna bury anybody that supported the the philosophy that they had uh, and their agenda i mean my my brother-in-law keeps asking my wife if i'm still a trump supporter am i am i going to be embarrassed to be a trump supporter they're, they're trying to make everybody yeah. embarrassed and 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 uh and and quiet them down and it, it, it terrifies me i it, all my life i've never ever been scared of our society before and with what big tech has done and listening to Tony Robbins about how I thought I was, I thought I knew what was going on, but I didn't even think about the fact that your searches were then dictating your news feeds. Yeah. And, and it, it's absolutely terrifying. And, and I, as I watch this unfold and that now they're talking about, you know, uh, the programming of people and, and, and publicly they're saying it. So, you know, that, in my opinion, I don't want to sound crazy, but this seems like it was planned pretty well and executed as planned, and and it scares me. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if they could possibly pull off a raid and be victims of it. Just like, for example, that people say, "Well, China did this on purpose." I don't know. I mean, they locked down 22 million people again. They lost. They say they lost 4,000. They probably lost more, like 40,000, and maybe it's 140,000. And the embarrassment, even on their level, they understand that they inflicted this pandemic. Then you have people saying, well, the, the, the Capitol Police stood down because they wanted the, the Trump people to get in there. I just can't see that. But, David, thanks so much. Uh, uh, excuse me, Anthony, thank you so much for listening. Uh, appreciate it. But keep in mind, if you want to feel better about 
if you want to arm yourself the next time a non-Trump supporter comes up to you and says, you know, we ruined the country for the last four years, just read the lead editorial in the Wall Street Journal. And they just go over everything Trump accomplished in his unorthodox way. The people that knew him work well with him from the economy to international relations uh, to what they were accomplished with deregulation. Now, if I say deregulation to the average American, they're like, I guess so. What are you talking about? In this story, they actually go over detail and what he deregulated and how he did it and how they went into the financial uh, sector and they opened up these funds for p- the private sector and stopped it with institutional trades and allowed people to put it into their pensions. And when it came to uh, when it came to international agreements, they pressured their relationships, but not too much to fracture them to make it more equitable for Americans. And even the China policy, giving ta- Taiwan some support, is something no other uh, no other administration would have done. Let alone the judges that were passed and the three Supreme Court justices that got through. Well, let's go out to Joe. Listen on WABC. Hey, Joe in New Jersey. Hey, Joe. Hey, hey, Brian. How you doing? Good. Nice, uh, nice going on the show last night. Hey, I appreciate it. Watch tonight. I will. Listen, I can't believe that we're listening to a chicken-eating congressman, a washed-up, I don't know what she is, Katie Couric, telling me that we I got to yeah. be deprogrammed. Yeah, what you're not human. Not you're not human, Joe. I'm, I'm a proud Trump supporter. I will be if he runs again. I will be if his kids run and that's it. I'm a Republican, and I'm proud. What is the problem with that? Nothing. And that's just it. I mean, we, you know, Barack Obama used to get these huge crowds. The guy, when he was a candidate and a senator, got 200,000 people in Berlin. Was he, was he a cult leader? You know, when he went to— uh, when he went into uh, that park, I forgot the name of the park in Chicago, after he won, thousands showed up in 10-degree weather. Was he a cult leader? No, he was popular, charismatic. People liked him. I didn't judge those people in the audience. I mean, I've never seen anything like this. So, I mean, I'm not saying, well, well if you say to yourself, okay, Barack Obama's got a lot of support. His policies aren't good, man, but the guy can speak. You know, Trump, you know, he talks a little crass and he's a little bit too abrupt and he he tweets too much. But, man, his policies I agree with. I just study and learn. I don't judge. And, Joe, if I'm Biden, why do I want to alienate Joe from New Jersey? I want to win you over. Never going to happen. Okay. (laughs) All right. All right. But I'm just saying I try. I would try. I I wouldn't dehumanize you. Ben, listen on WOKV in Jacksonville. Hey, Ben. Good morning again, Patriot. <laughs> How are you? I want, to, I want to congratulate you on a phenomenal appearance last night in primetime, and I hope, uh, an old horse racing adage, that management understands to get back into the winning circle of ratings. They need to ride the horse that's been there before, and uh, you're, you're the man. My question well, is this. Thank you. I'm on again uh, all week at 7, so I hope everyone who's listening is watching, so I appreciate it. But, Ben, what's on your mind today? Yeah, I'm questioning where, in using a lot of uh, Tony Robbins' comments, where the Trump team goes next in terms of trying to continue the momentum of the 74, 75 million-plus voters and the loyal Trump followers for the next four years in preparation for 2024. See, I know, Cole, uh, hey, Ben, a couple of things. I know Carl Rove said, you know, they're fractured. Yeah, a little bit. But I have no problem. You know, if Liz Cheney comes out and says, I don't like the president's speech, he called me out, he put my life in danger. Um, okay. 
you to support the impeachment. All right. Doesn't mean she's not a great person. Doesn't mean she's not a great politician. I don't hate her. Kevin McCarthy came out and said, I'd censure the president. I wouldn't get rid of him. Steve Scalise says, I totally support the president. So does Jim Jordan. I think that's a good thing in a party. The last thing you need is 75 million people believing in everything. And I also think this. Trump is a Republican. The things he did were Republican. That's why this whole Lincoln project's a joke. All they are is jealous of the fact that he didn't include them and he wasn't part of them. And Bill Crystal and company picked the wrong horse. And it was Jeb Bush, who, by the way, I like a lot. I think he's extremely talented, smart, uh, self-effacing, cares about people. So I think it's a strength. They got to reconfigure because Trump did not blow up the Republican Party. He put all those things into play and hired some great people from Mick Mulvaney to Mike Pompeo. So I just think they got to reconvene when the temperature gets down and form a strategy to take back the House in 2022 uh, and hold what they got. Chris, listen on WDBO in Orlando. Hey, Chris. Hey, Brian. Congratulations on your success, my friend. I think your listeners truly enjoy your knowledge, your delivery, and the splash of humor you put into everything you do, my friend. Wow, I appreciate that, Chris. Watch tonight. I did. I walked the streets of New York with uh, with um, Dave Portnoy, and I contrast that to your state, Florida, who has opened up, and how you guys are trying to find a way to live with the virus, and New York is hiding and is destroying us. But what's on your mind now? Yeah, I want to make an opinion or an observation about the pending upcoming impeachment trial, uh, potentially of uh, uh, Donald Trump in the Senate. Uh, the Democrats always send, tend to be very strategic, oftentimes maniacal, in my opinion. And I think they're uh, going to go forward whether or not they get a chance to impeach him or not, because I think that what they'd like to do is control every bit of the cycle for the first 100 days. That way they can undo as many Trump administration policies as they can and force as many executive actions as they can. I hearken it to drinking water through a fire hose. So I think they're doing it on purpose to hide it from us common voters and common people. I think that is a good point. And I'd also add, too, they want to divide the Republican Party. And the longer they can do that with that wedge, they'll do it because it's all about politics. Not for me or you, but for them. I'll be on with Stuart Varney when we get back, and then I'll be able to squeeze in some calls after that. Brian Kilmer Show. Living the Bream is a podcast hosted by Fox News Channel's Shannon Bream, sharing inspirational stories, personal anecdotes, and an insider's perspective on actions and rulings from the high court. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. America's listening to Fox News. Now, the Brian Kilmeade Show joins Fox Business's Varney and Company with Stuart Varney, live on your radio and on Fox Business. Here's Brian Kilmeade. All right, I'm going to be with you on the phone lines, 1-866-408-7669, in, in about three minutes. Uh, but I'm going to do a simulcast on FBN now with Stuart Varney, the number one show on all business television. So you can watch on FBN right now, as well as always watch streaming on Fox Nation. So uh, Stuart's going to be coming. We're going to be talking a little about the Florida lockdown, as well as what Hillary Clinton's saying. Let's listen. Mr. Grassley, in the hearings right now. It is precisely 10.51. That means Brian Kilmeade joins us. All right, Brian, as you, I'm sure you know this, uh, Speaker Pelosi and Hillary Clinton, they did a podcast in which Clinton suggested the Russians were behind the riots and Pelosi agreed with Clinton on starting a 9-11-style commission to investigate. I'm not going to roll the soundbite all over again because everybody's seen it many times. What do you make of it? 
Uh, it just shows her ridiculous obsession with something that she should be embarrassed about. You ever meet people that don't understand that they should be embarrassed? That is Hillary Clinton. If she had a real friend in this wall, they'd whisper in her ear, you're embarrassing yourself and you're embarrassing your name or whatever legacy that you had, let alone your husband or what he accomplished in his administration. Get it, get it straight, Hillary Clinton. When Donald Trump got 75 million votes, it authenticated the 63 million votes. Not that you needed that. If you read the report, if you see the understanding that the Mueller was unable to prove any conspiracy, if you watch the Trump campaign, they were having trouble colluding with themselves, let alone with another nation in our legal process. Unbelievable. These are the same people who are on President Trump for having trouble accepting the results yeah. of this election. They still can't do theirs. But you can use the riot to your advantage if there is a commission to investigate 9-11 style. You know that's going to be dragged out for at least a year. They'll be trashing the Republicans and Donald Trump for at least a year. It's a political weapon that they're wielding here. You know, it just and here's the cycle that's going to be happening. They're trying to divide the Republican Party enough so they don't get don't get skewered. Uh, and thumped in the midterms. And the more they can keep Liz Cheney and Mitch McConnell away from Kevin McCarthy, Steve Scalise, and Jim Jordan, the more success they feel they're going to have at the midterms. Sadly, Stuart, when we see the country, they see a party. They see politics. We see the United States of America. And sadly, they're also adding with this deprogramming of Trump supporters. They are like a cult. You tell 75 million people they're like a cult and then ask them to join you in your agenda? Don't think so. We thought this was a turning point. I still hope there is because Biden hasn't said this, but Hillary Clinton, the others who are saying this, is Steve Cohen's, they make me wonder why they're in this job and are they worthy of the position. I want to leave time for your visit to little, Hiam, little um, Havana in Miami. I've got a clip of your visit. Roll tape, please. When you look around the country and see shutdown, lockdown, what are your thoughts? Well, remember we talked earlier, I have businesses in New Orleans. My businesses there are decimated. I mean, they're in bad shape. And it, we've proven that you can work through it. You can work through it if you just are given the responsibility. You around the country and you see everything just shut down. What, heart, is your, what is your answer? My heart bleeds for them. I mean, it's, it's not the correct thing to do. We know it's a knee-jerk reaction. It's not correct. Yeah, Brian, Florida is leading the way here, right? And they're upset for the 12 o'clock curfew. They say, what stops at 12? I need to make more money at 12. I have news for you, Florida. We shut down at 10. And I have news for you. New York City is flat out shut down. And I talked to today on the 7 o'clock show. I, I spent yesterday afternoon with Dave Portnoy of Barstool. You know the great things he's doing, raising $32 million for small business owners. But he gives them month, money every month for 12 months. Unbelievable. And we just see nothing but plywood and these submarines on the streets, which you can't tell me any doctor or Anthony Fauci follower would ever say is safer than going indoors. They sit outside in closed tents, and we say that's safer. These idiots don't want to roll up their sleeves and talk to business owners. You know what Florida says? You better be responsible. And I'm watching police officers walk around. You know what they're saying to people? Please wear a mask. They have boxes of masks. They're handing them out. And if you're belligerent and drunk, they're going to get on you like any other city. But they're saying we're in this together. Why be flat on our backs? And you'll love this, Stuart. Money-wise, their revenue actually went up 6% year-to-year in the Miami-Dade area because they're trying to open up. Yeah, that's the money secret. All right, got it. Brian, good stuff.
Thanks very much indeed. We'll go, see you again soon. Go get him, Stuart. Uh, let's go out to Marcus on WHIO in Ohio. Hey, Mark. Good morning, Brian. What's on your mind? I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you being out there. Um, I'm furious with this bull crap that the Democrats are loading out there. Just, they're just putting it out there like you wouldn't believe. They cannot lump myself, and I know other people that they cannot lump into this idea that we're demented. We need deprogrammed. All this. There is so much voter fraud out there that is pathetic. And there's 75 to 80 million people that want something done about it. And yet it's not getting done. And they're going to walk again. When is this going to stop? The American people need an election that is fair and that they can trust. A couple of things. Any, any president that takes over now, whether it was Trump or Biden, has to address that statement. You have to trust the result. Democrats didn't trust the result last time. In 2000, they said Trump, uh, Bush wasn't a legitimate president. They didn't trust that. We have to build trust back into our system. We trust the result in Florida, didn't we? We trusted in Texas. We trusted in North Carolina, not because it came out pro-Republican, because they were ostracized, they were analyzed, and they fixed it. These states got to fix it so we believe in it. And that is the biggest risk. Biden has to recognize that. And to be disrespectful of 75 million people who voted is is just dumb. It's insulting and it's polarizing. And, Mark, uh, it sounds like uh, you're polarized in Ohio, too. Remember, the president was trailing for the longest time. The Ohio counted all the votes. Uh, He ends up winning Ohio. If I told you a Republican president win Ohio and Florida and North Carolina, you'd say that Republican president would win. But unfortunately, Arizona and Georgia didn't deliver. So that's the biggest shock to the system. But we're looking to turn the page and get it right for next time. So you believe in the results. That's key. Republicans and Democrats. Brian Kilmeade. Get this and all your favorite Fox News podcasts ad-free on Apple Podcasts with Fox News Podcasts Plus. Just go to foxnewspodcasts.com for all the details. Live from the Fox News radio studios in New York City, fresh off the set of Fox and Friends, it's America's receptive voice. Brian Hi, everyone. Coming to you from New York. Heard around the country. Heard around the world. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Uh, This hour, we're going to be joined by Brett Baer. He comes to us uh, from the side of the inaugural, Washington, D.C., which is basically a fortress, the green zone, much like Iraq. Sad, ridiculous, baby overdone, and and controversial and uh, contradicting reports about security threats. Tony Robbins at the bottom of the hour. Able to talk to him for 35 minutes straight yesterday. One of the most inspirational um, successful people in the country, best-selling author, life and business strategist. And we've, we've been hearing it all throughout the show. He talks about life, his own frustrations with the pandemic and where you go from here. You know, he's all about overcoming obstacles, but he doesn't say just do it, just create the stride. But he talks about America. What happened to this risk-taking country? We know the pandemic's a risk. Okay. The flu's a risk. Getting hit by a car's a risk. We know as a nation, you got to be smart. But having said that, we know how to live with it. Certain states are doing it. Politicians are letting us down. Having said that, a strategy to win. And uh, so let's get to the big three. Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three. Two words for today, pardons and commutations. Sources here at the White House tell us that President Trump could issue up to 100 of them. 
That's interesting. Trump's last day, what should be his next step? A new poll, 59% say he should not hold public office again. Where do you stand? Yet he did accomplish a lot policy-wise. Wall Street Journal chronicles it. I go through it. What do you think? Number two. The good news is that even though people can be radicalized, they can also be helped to come back to themselves. The bottom line is all of America needs deprogramming because we've all been negatively influenced by Donald Trump. How insulting, but that's usual coming from CNN. Big question. What happens to the 75 million Trump supporters under old Joe Biden? I have an idea. Dehumanize them. Deprogram them. That's their latest effort. And it's the latest outlandish left-wing push by big media and big tech. Number one. The president-elect will introduce a plan that could, if passed, legalize citizenship for millions of immigrants who are living here currently without current status. He also plans to make it easier to seek asylum along the U.S.-Mexico border, impose a deportation moratorium, and extend protections for so-called dreamers. Wow, there you go. Uh, We are talking about Biden. Day one being sworn in our next president already announces an immigration revamp that could not could sound could not sound anything less like my way or the highway i thought he was about american united so we'll go over that and essentially he looks at this when it comes to immigration he looks at the people here illegally and the DACA people and he gives them two different categories he does not talk about border security look when i talk about immigration reform there are people in the tech center that need some help and students the you know the blue chip kids Uh, Young students who come here, why not get them to stay here? Number two, what about the ag workers that are needed on the farms as as we start ramping up again and being this pandemic and getting that vaccine out? Yes, we can agree on both those things in a reasonable way. Address the lottery, address chain migration, but most of all, bolster Border security. Mark Morgan was on with me last night at seven o'clock. Well, I'll be on tonight. And I told him, and this, this news broke at the time, and I told him about it. And he also say, brought up the fact that caravans are already forming because of what Joe Biden said. First off, I'm, I want you to be reminded of what Joe Biden said on the campaign trail in March. Cut one. In the first hundred days of my administration, no one, no one will be deported at all. From that point on, the only deportations that will take place are commissions of felonies in the United States of America. There's no way that's going to resonate with people in Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador, right? Wrong. 9,000 were attempted to be stopped in Guatemala, Honduras. They're trying to stop them in Mexico. They're begging for some type of revamp and qualification. The Biden people quickly said, don't come yet. Too late. Listen to this one caravan member speaking the King's English. Cut to. They're having a new president versus Biden. He's going to help all of us. He's given us 100 days to get to the U.S. Yeah, and they're coming, all right? Mark Morgan, he was acting commissioner for President Obama, knows Joe Biden, and President Trump. Four. We've had unprecedented cooperation with the government of Mexico and the Northern Triangle countries as well to really address this as the regional crisis that it is, and it's working. But right now, it, it's the, the perception that our borders are going to be open that are driving these caravans. What are these countries going to do at some point? They're going to say, wait a minute, we're doing everything that we're supposed to, that we're, that's been asked of us, but it's your policies, United States, that are actually driving and facilitate and fuel this illegal migration. 
And, and there are. And so they wanted better lives. I, I believe there was a huge hurricane they'd never recovered from. The governments are trying to be cooperative. But when you have policies that say come one, come all, how do you have enough military? It doesn't seem like they're uh, security forces. It looks like military to stop everybody. You can't. So what he wants to do, an eight-year path to citizenship, less for uh, DACA kids, without giving up either way. I'm not sure that that's going to pass along with $1.9 trillion. So are they going to go with a simple majority? Are they going to say we're going to pass a rule that's going to allow you us to do with legislation what we do with judges? That Harry Reid started, that Trump built on with Supreme Court justices, that Joe Manchin said he would never go along with. He's going to be tested here. And my fear is a press conference where Joe Manchin would say my intention was to not get rid of the filibuster. But when I realized my Republican colleagues were not going to go along with all the policies of Joe Biden and his constituents, I have no choice but to vote for it. That's what I fear. Even though he's on the record, multiple platforms, multiple shows saying I will not do that. I think along, I, I asked him that question on Fox and Friends. Brett Baer certainly did. So what happens to 75 million Trump supporters, I think a small percentage of which believe that Joe Biden legitimately won the election? Well, the last thing you would think you want to do is marginalize them. But that's exactly what's happening. They are dehumanizing them. They're saying that all those Trump supporters can be best, uh, can be best characterized by those who invaded the Capitol, which only 8% of Americans support. 8%. But it's okay to categorize People, most of us, most Trump supporters who have never been to Washington, who are not rich and who did not who would follow Trump anywhere, but did not show up there. And many of which showed up at the event. Tens of thousands didn't even go to the Capitol or didn't even know how to find it. So this cult expert was on Fox, was on CNN is a mental health expert. They feel as though they got to call a mental health expert to explain Trump supporters because they can't understand them. Listen to Stephen Hassan, cut eight. Essentially, people are wired to to follow um, legitimate, I mean, excuse me, to follow authority figures they believe are legitimate and to conform to people they identify with. But as someone who's studied brainwashing and mind control, the good news is that even though people can be radicalized, they can also be helped to come back to themselves. And that's what gives me hope for our country. The bottom line is all of America needs deprogramming because we've all been negatively influenced by Donald Trump. Okay. If uh, Joe Biden signs on to that theory, we're going to have a miserable two years to the midterms and a terrible four years if, we, if Republicans don't do well in the midterms. That's how you explain 75 million people and 63 million prior to that that voted for him, that show up in Wisconsin and Georgia and Arizona and believe in him? Look, uh, there's, the way the president acted, as I said many times, since he lost November 5th, uh, the legal team that was around him, uh, who are just terrible, did an awful job, and they misled him, and he willingly got misled because he couldn't believe he lost to Joe Biden. I am not, I'm, I'm not supportive of. Talked to the president. I did the only on-camera interview with the president, and I've spoken to him, too, since then. And my essential message is you got to be proud of yourself. I mean, look at this. You're the most famous person in the world. You got 75 million votes, despite the impeachment that never should have happened, the Mueller investigation that never should have been approved. You still managed to do a heck of a lot and get more votes than Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, George Bush, Al Gore, John McCain, Mitt Romney. Just not as much, it seems, than Joe Biden. 
He didn't care. He did not believe it. So that's why you have to, as a president, not just say America United, reach across and say, what do you want? How can I help? So instead of doing that, we find this guy named Congressman Cohen, who is an embarrassment to the country, who spends his time during impeachment having fried chicken in the House. Listen to what he says about what's happened at the inaugural and how even the security forces, because they're white, can't be trusted. Cut 11. The guard is 90 some odd percent, I believe, male. Uh, Only about 20 percent of white males voted for Biden. You've got to figure that in the guard, they're probably not more than 25 percent of the people that are there protecting us who voted for Biden. The other 75 percent are in the class that would be uh, the, the large class of folks who might want to uh, uh, do something. So the FBI has an intelligence report that one that QAnon followers discussed posing as National Guard members at the inauguration. The problem is, if this FBI report in the Washington Post is actually true, no one told the acting Secretary of Defense, Miller, who said in a statement that the Department of Defense has not received any intelligence indicating a potential insider threat to the inauguration of President-elect Joe Biden. But Steve Cohen's ratio of white people and people in uniform who like Donald Trump and will turn on Joe Biden, is still out there, and there was almost no pushback on. Sad. Not for it. We'll push back. You don't believe it, so let's talk about it. But first, next, Brett Baer, one 408 7669 he'll bring us inside the security and the color and commentary of the inaugural today. Expanding your knowledge base, it's Brian Kilmeade. Fox Nation presents podcasts, Women of the Bible Speak. I'm Shannon Bream, host of Fox News at Night and author of the new book, Women of the Bible Speak, the wisdom of 16 women and their lessons for today. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, foxnewspodcast.com, or wherever you download your podcasts. From his mouth to your ears, it's Brian Kilmeade. I would love to see his phone records to see whether he was talking to Putin the day that uh, the insurgents uh, invaded our capital. But we now know that not just him, but his enablers, his accomplices, his cult members have the same disregard for democracy. Yeah, that is Hillary Clinton on a podcast you must miss with Nancy Pelosi talking again about the Russian obsession. The first thing I thought of when that things got out of control of the Capitol, it's got to be Vladimir Putin. That's the first thing she thinks about. Uh, and it's made, by the way, that's what Nancy Pelosi always says. All roads lead to Vladimir Putin. Uh, it's uh, sad. Brett Baer, chief political analyst, uh, anchor, I should say, for Fox News, anchor special report. He's gone at six tonight uh, and author of Three Days on the Brink, uh, at the Brink. And I'm going to be doing a great event with him on February 13th. This year it's going to be virtual. I'll be part of the All-Star Panel event, benefiting Children's National Hospital. You can go to allstarpanelevent at gmail.com or go to allstarpanelevent.com and click on tickets available now and you can join this Unique event, which will not be stopped despite the pandemic. Brett, welcome back. Hey, Brian. So, Brett, what's it like in the Capitol? You've been through a lot of these inaugurals. Uh, I hear it's it's like Baghdad. It, it really is. I'm literally um, about two blocks from the White House right now, and there's you know a big, huge metal fence and barricades, a big truck of National Guard's troops. Guard troops. Um, I mean, if you think about it, twenty six thousand troops. That is. 
five times as many troops as we have in Iraq and Afghanistan combined. And you're not even adding the Secret Service and the Metropolitan Police. So there's just a ton of security down here, and it's a little surreal. It is. Um, there's two reports. One, the Washington Post has a report citing an FBI official who told them that they have uh, they've picked up QAnon efforts to infiltrate the National Guard with fro- who have Trump supporters or maybe someone dressed as a National Guardsman and create havoc tomorrow. The Defense Department says, we have not heard any of this. Who do we believe? Yeah, I, I mean, they're... The intel guys at the FBI are, you know, working with the Secret Service and they're doing these checks. Right. So, you know, I think they're going to be extra, extra, extra careful. And uh, they're going to make sure that if there's any threat, they're going to address it head on. You know, I think that we're going to hear a lot when we go to the editorial of what's going to happen tomorrow, a lot about unity. We're going to hear a lot about that. Uh, in words. And the question is whether the actions match that. I mean, you know, we're in a government now where it's very slight majorities, 50-50 Senate, only a few seats in the House for Nancy Pelosi. So they're going to have to do things legislatively in negotiated style. But we'll see what comes out of the doing rather than the saying. Uh, when you when you look at what's happening with impeachment, what's the latest you have heard? Is there any sense that the Senate will drop it? There is, there is a slight chance that that happens, and it may be steered by the incoming president. I mean, think about the prospect of, you know, launching an agenda and then 100 days in, then going to trial on the president who's already left, left office, uh, or simultaneously doing it, kind of hanging over the head of lawmakers. I'm not sure that they, they want that, but uh, right now it's going forward. I, I don't know if it's definitively going to as disastrous as the president has handled since november 5th and as disastrous as georgia was for them still slight majorities in the house and senate not exactly barack obama took over he had 60 senate seats uh and he had the house that's a huge difference and he had about 65 percent approval rating and people were very happy about the prospects of president obama with a fresh start even though the economy was cratering but it was beginning to show signs of coming back listen to what Karl rove says as the state of the republican party despite the slight uh, deficit and the 50-50, the slight deficit in the House and the 50-50 in the Senate? Well, the Republican Party is broken. It's fractured. It's in the midst of a civil war. Uh, and um, it's going to be an ugly several years. And it's not going to be six months. It's not going to be a year. It's going to be years before the Republican Party can put itself back together. It needs to rebuild. It needs to find a way to take the traditional Republican uh, coalition and, uh, and uh, bring in and keep uh, as much of the Trump voters, the ordinary voters who cared about him uh, taking on the establishment and taking on the elites on the East and West Coast. But it, the Republican Party, let's not kid ourselves. Uh, it is in the midst of a civil war. I, I, I never hear him give hyperbole, but I thought that was over the top. Is that what you're hearing? I'm not sure it's in the midst of a civil war, but it's definitely in disarray. I mean, to lose both seats in Georgia historically a red state, um, in a focused special election, you would have to try to do that. And um, by what happened in those final days, they essentially did that. And by doing that, and then the events of January 6th, 
I would say the, the party is clearly in disarray. Um, I don't know if Carl's right that it's going to take years and years. Uh, remember that the last two Democratic presidents, Barack Obama, lost the midterms in 2010. Bill Clinton lost the midterms in 1994. Uh, without you know significant movement, it's possible that they lose the midterms in 2022, and that gives a shot in the arm to Republicans. But Wait, we'll see. Keep the impeachment going and keep Liz Cheney and, and Kevin McCarthy and Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan on separate sides. The Democrats will avoid that, that carnage at the midterms. Don't you think politics playing a role in this, that they're going to do what they can to keep that wedge there? Maybe, but there's also the risk of a backlash, Brian, where people say, wait, what are you doing? What are you spending time in Washington doing? Um, You know, I think people are practical, and uh, politics only goes so far. People are kind of tired of the BS. Well, Brett, I look forward to following you again tonight uh, on the special report and not dropping the ball as we hand it over to uh, Tucker. Good best of luck in Washington. All right. We'll see you at allstarpanelevent.com. Remember. Absolutely. No one's going to forget. Uh, Tony Robbins coming up next. The final of our segments with this great motivational person. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. A talk show that's real. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's uh, my chance now to play uh, the last portion or one of the portions of the Tony Robbins interview. You know him, best-selling author, life and business strategist like no other. He looks at things in life and says, how do we fix them for people? He actually puts a science to it. So we have the pandemic. And I thought, how is he handling this? He's used to being in front of live audiences. He's used to uh, constantly being able to work one-on-one with people. And now they're telling us to shelter in place. And that how America is a, used to be a risk first place, and we've totally changed, it seems, thanks to our political, uh, our political leaders. So, Tony, by the way, if you want to see him in action, and it's not why he did this, but it just so happens he uh, was available this week. You can see him for free virtually at a five-day New World, New You challenge starting January 21st, 2021. Make2021myyear.com is where to register for free. Here's uh, the last part of my interview with Tony. So a guy who has all the companies that you've had, that has track record of success, that really since, uh, I think since the 70s, 80s, and 90s, you even said when this pandemic hit you and your businesses, you were knocked off your equilibrium. You couldn't imagine a scenario where you could have a crowd. What do you mean I can't have a crowd if I told Tony Robbins that in 2019? What do you mean I can't go to an arena? Okay, people might not show up. I'll, I'll fix that. But what if they're not allowed? So that was a stumbling block that even maybe you didn't anticipate. But the one thing I want to bring you to, by the way, I was writing stuff down because I know you're going to charge me for You should be charging for this at the end. So all our listeners, because these are strategies. What I, what I think is the most impressive about you, you don't ever say pick yourself up, dust yourself off, you get back out there. You tell us why and how, how you can do it. Don't compare to yourself to somebody else, how you can fix your life. I don't care if in the middle of a farm or in the middle of a bit uh, in the middle of a city, you can fix your life, whatever that means. But I worry about kids, and I know you do too. Here's a doctor, uh, a doctor on CBS the other day talking about the toll that this is taking on kids who can't see other kids and can't go to school. Cut eight. 
This is really taking a toll on kids because we forget that we think of reading, writing, arithmetic, but a big, big part, probably a bigger part of school is social development, learning to share, learning to take turns. That's going to be a lot harder in a virtual environment. Children are really struggling with the lack of social contact, playtime with peers, direct contact with teachers. And remember, the parents are struggling as well, and the children are experiencing their, their parents' stress. So it really is sort of a perfect storm. And when you add to that, children who may have any struggles at all, mental health issues, learning difficulties, children who bring special needs into the classroom, that's even bringing more daunting challenges, not only for educators, but most particularly for children and their parents. So I'm going to bring you into the family now, Tony. Your kid's a little bit older now, but uh, you worry about kids. You would tell them to put down the tablet. You tell them to stop with the iPad, uh, put down the console. And now you're saying you can pick it up and do it. In fact, one, you can actually go to you better because you have to go to school. What do you say to those parents listening? Well, first of all, I think it's unconscionable that our schools are closed because you keep hearing these people talk about following the science. And if you're following the science, there is no spread in our school system. Nothing nothing that really risks our children any more than the flu would. You know, these kids are not dying of this. I think you know the stats and they've been published. It's it's like the restaurant business, shutting down these poor restaurant owners of two and three generations and saying that they're spreading it when New York shows it's, what, 1.3% spread there and 71% spread in your home? I mean, it makes no sense. I'm going to send you home where you're more likely to have this occur. But no one's following the science. So the first thing is educate yourself about the science and let your voice be heard in your school systems. I know some schools got reopened after they shut everything down because the statistics and the science doesn't show it. So, and same thing's happening in L.A. on the restaurant side. They were sued. They sued in L.A. I'm sure you saw the Restaurant Association. The judge gave the California state you know, 10 days to come up with the evidence to show that this is done. They came up with no evidence. So, but what do I say to the parents? I say, you've got to lead by example. You, you can't ask your kid to learn and grow in the midst of this and keep a good state if you don't. Your number one job is to stay in a great psychological, emotional state. That doesn't mean because things are great. Any idiot can stay in a great state when everything's going your way and everything's flowing, everything's great. The real test of human character is how do you do when everything is wrong, when it's unjust, when it's unfair, when it's insane. And so for me, I say to every parent, model these five things in a simple way. I'll give you five. This is what I did when I was just a kid, but I've returned to it a couple times in my life when I got in really tough places. When I was a kid, my dad and mom used to fight it out. I had four fathers. My mom was a very powerful woman. She threw my father out. He left. And, and then a few days later, she decided I was on his side. So on Christmas Eve, she chased me out with a knife. Now, she wouldn't have killed me, but I wasn't going back in that building. And I had no resources. She kept my 1960 Volkswagen and earned it 40 bucks a week as a janitor. I slept on this mountaintop, and then it rained. The next day, I stayed in somebody's, you know, little uh, washing machine or their, their cleaning room. And then I had to figure out what to do. So I, I was so depressed. I did five things. And these are the five I recommend in the middle of COVID for anybody and re- recommend it for you and for your kids. But you got to lead by example. Number one, every single day, your number one goal is to feed your mind. Feed your mind something that's going to make you stronger, going to make you better. My original teacher was this guy, Jim Rohn. He used to say, Tony, stand guard at the door of your mind. He said, think of it this way. He said, you know, if your worst enemy drops sugar in your coffee, what happens? I said, well, you got sweet coffee. He said, what if your best friend, your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, somebody by accident drops one drop of strychnine in your coffee? What happens? I said, you're dead. He goes, well, life is both sugar and strychnine, so watch your coffee. Watch your mind. And his way of doing it, Brian, was to say, you've got to read 30 minutes a day. He said, I don't mean in today where things are coming at you on your phone. I'm not talking about clickbait. I mean a book, something with psychology, something with philosophy, something that can improve your life for someone you care about. Because whatever you feed your mind is what it operates from. And if you don't feed it, I mean, find out what angry people read and don't read it. Find out what sad people read and don't read it. 
people that are frustrated have not said their mind. And in this environment, turning on the news, maybe inform yourself once. If people leave that stuff on all day long, keep hearing the same story stacked over and over again until they feel completely overwhelmed. Right. Unless, well, by, by the way, by the way, there's a little bit of an addendum there. Unless Brian Kilmeade's on. <laughs> Come on, you're killing my I'll business. All right, I'll I don't mean to. Or the new prime, or your new prime time show, right? Yeah. <laughs> But the, but the second skill you got to have, you got to do every day, is you got to feed and strengthen your body because the body and the mind work together. You got to push yourself. You got to do something that makes you feel strong again. And that's one of the biggest things that's missing. You know, kids today Absolutely. in school, we don't even have PE in a lot of schools. There's no physical activity. We're the fattest country in the history of the world. We got 70% of our population, male population, overweight. We got the fastest growing group of over 100 pounds overweight. Which is why so many of us are dying. Active movement. What's that? It's why so many of us are dying from the coronavirus. There's no question. If you look at the culture, this is interesting. There's an interesting study I was reading the other day. It was about diabetes and obviously being overweight and looking at countries that have small amounts and they're not massively overweight. I'm not saying that's the source of it, but they're saying it is one of the factors that plays a role. And instead of just worrying about a vaccine, where you're going to get it, what are you going to do to make yourself physically stronger? So I start every day, one of the crazy things I do, I'm fortunate enough to have multiple places that I live around the world because I travel so much, but I have these cold punches I've developed and they all have at 56 degrees. In my place in Sun Valley, Idaho, I walk <laughs> through the snow into the water. I've seen you do that. Degrees. Yeah. And I do it because one, it changes your body radically. I mean, every ounce of blood in your body floods through every organ in your body. So it's great for your limbs. But I do it also for a mental discipline. There's never been a morning, Brian, where I woke up and went, I can't wait to jump in that water. Not one that I can remember in 10 years. But every morning, the first thing I do is go there. And I don't go up and then negotiate with myself. Well, let me wait a second till I'm warm enough, or let me wait till tomorrow, or let me think this through. It's like, when I say go, we go. Training your body, even for a few minutes a day with intensity, makes you mentally stronger. Think about it. Worry is physical. You feel it in your gut. You feel it in the back of your throat. You feel that sick feeling. So is courage. Courage doesn't mean you're not scared. Courage means you're scared, but you do it anyway. That's a habit. That's a discipline. Third, find yourself a role model. Like if your business is in tatters, find somebody else who isn't, right, and see what they're doing. I've tried to do that for people in my industry. They're all dead. I got like... You know, Pitbull and people like that now are going to come use my stadium because they can see everybody around the world. we got 150 countries. We can put, you know, here in Florida, we have different rules. We can socially distance, have 1,000 people live, and you can continue to deliver whatever it is you do. There's some way to deliver, or you need to find a new business, a new career, and retool while you got the chance while you're locked down. But you need role models. Fourth, you got to take massive action and keep changing your approach to figure out what works. Ideally, you model someone. But that means if you can't just think about this, you can't wait. People say, oh, I'm not ready. I'm not emotionally ready. I'm never ready. I just do it. You'll be ready after you do it multiple times. If you wait till you feel good enough to do things, you won't do most things. And then finally, you've got to give to people who are worse off than you. No matter how bad it is for you, there's somebody worse off. So, you know, I think you know I feed 100 million meals a year in my partnership to Feeding America. I've been doing that for six years. We're now almost to 700 million meals. I said I was going to feed a billion people. And those individuals are not people that are lazy. Those are individuals that have been through some tough life situation. And today there's so many more. And because so many people have lost their jobs and they didn't have the economic cushion built up to be prepared for that. So there's so many people that need your help. If you just go and you donate and took your time an hour a week with your kid and help feed people, you will see such a difference in your own life because it will remind you how fortunate you are even with the challenges you're facing. There's always something better. And it gets you out of yourself. Because all our pain is focusing on ourselves. And then right. finally, you just got to make sure that along the way you celebrate the little victories. 
because celebration lets us grow. So those would be some steps people could practically act on even at home. So you know what you just did? And, it'll affect your and, kids. You, and you broke it down, your, your way of taking control. Well, what can you control? I can control what exactly I do right. now. I can control like a workout. Well, I can't go to a gym. Can you do a push-up? Can you do a sit-up? Is there an app that you can get That's on right. your phone? You can borrow your son or daughter's iPad to look at a fitness app. You know that a lot of them are free out there. And it's a sense exactly of taking right. control. Not comparing yourself to Tony exactly. Robbins, but just to be the best you can be. And, and that because then you get the humility of helping other people. When you feel insecure, you're not helping other people. You're so focused on yourself and afraid people are going to discover that you're inadequate. The main reason why I always love talking to you, every day of the week listen to your, uh, your tapes. I remember when they were cassette tapes. But, Tony, one reason, one reason why I think it's especially important now is because uh, there's no leadership around the country, and people really are out of control of their livelihoods. I'm looking at these stats. One in four business, small businesses is going to close up within six months, seven to 12 months. It's going to go up even uh, uh, every other small business. You mentioned these families that go back generations. They don't know what they're going to do, but they know they're going to be working in their restaurant. And now their restaurants are closed. And you mentioned the science doesn't match up. What if we're being led by idiots and essentially they got the keys to our town, our county, our state, our country? Well, unfortunately, I, I don't disagree with that in some cases. There are certain states, as you and I know, that people make these ridiculous rules. There's no science to them whatsoever. They say it's based on science, and then they go break their own rules. It's the most absurd thing I've ever seen in my life. French Laundry, your governor. are so angry. What's that? The French Laundry, your governor. <laughs> yeah, well, he's not my governor anymore. I live in Florida now. Smart. I moved. <laughs> I moved a while right. ago. I saw things deteriorating in California, and I'm a California boy. I grew up there. But yes, unfortunately, I know the governor well, and I don't understand the mindset. I mean, there's, there's this. I understand everybody thought it was a three or four percent morbidity rate in the beginning, and so of course all the things we're doing would make sense. But today, at you know zero point, depends on what age group you're in, and you have people you'll get banned on the internet if you say the CDC's actual numbers. You know, zero point one percent to one point to two is the average flu, and the flu kills people. And for what we're talking about here, with all the additional people now being tested and all the people that have no symptoms, the ratio is less than the flu, the actual mortality, morbidity rate. But we're still acting like it's the most dangerous thing on the planet. And, of course, you know as well as I do, I interviewed you know, a set of Nobel Prize winners, a set of doctors from the Cleveland Clinic, and they all brought up, look, we, we, we've had this great reaction. It was the right thing to do, but new science and new data should show us something new, plus now, as I'm sure you know, you don't even have to take a test for them to say you got COVID at this stage. Right. It's just That's the new strategy to keep the numbers up. So it, I just think we're living in crazy times. But again, we can talk all day long about this. What you got to do is make your voice heard and do it intelligently and do it peacefully. Not what happened, obviously, in Washington, D.C., which is a disaster. And it's just now everybody is being framed that way if they question anything. But I think you do at the same time got to focus, as you and I just said, you've got to focus on what you can control or you're going to feel crazy inside. This anger right. is not just because people's freedom is taken away. It's because they feel like they got nothing they can do about it. But there are things you can start to do, and you need to be prepared. Right. Because Humpty Dumpty is not going to be put back together the same way. I don't believe in this new normal we hear about. But I do know that generations that went through the Depression and generations here that are being told every day to wear a mask or avoid human contact, that's going to affect a lot of these people a lot longer than a year. This is going to be, for right. some people, they're going to be this way the rest of their life. And you have to be prepared for that and understand what the world is. 
failure to adapt. I mean, you know, anybody who, who knows the study of evolution, you know, they always say it's the strongest that survived. But that's not what he said. He said it's the most adaptable that survived. And you have to adapt and be prepared so that you can take advantage of new options. There are going to be so few restaurants, there's going to be new options for those that can find a way to refinance themselves, to get reorganized, to structure, to take some risks. I think the biggest challenge we're facing as a country is the way we respond to that one four-letter word, risk. You know, gotcha. this country was built by people who understood they had to put their life on the line to make things great, whether it be people that went to war, whether people that crossed to the West. I mean, this is, this is anybody who's an entrepreneur. you got to take risks. Today, somehow we're trying to avoid any form of risk whatsoever, and there, that means no life. And I think that's the single largest issue we've got to deal with beyond politics. The politics are a reflection of how we're responding to this concept of risk. If I you're going to be an achiever, you're going to have to take some risks. I'll tell you how risky life is. You're not going to get out alive. That's how risky it is. But you can live fully while you're here if you're going to have some courage. And, again, courage doesn't mean you're not scared. You just scared, but you do it anyway. That's such a great point, risk. People oh, you're being – you're not being responsible. No, no, that we know there's a risk. I understand the risk. I've read about it. I understand that. I listen to it. I want to play. I want to get in the game. And one thing you have at Sam Houston, the Alamo Avengers, as you look back on Texas and how it was formed, people were losing everything in the 13 colonies. Then they came to 26 colonies. And then they said, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to go down to Texas. It's unsettled. I want another opportunity. They came with nothing. And they went out on their own. There was virtually nothing. Stephen F. Austin was able to put something together there and how all the neighbors helped each other. But it was risk. It's invigorating. It gave you a sense of mission and purpose. That's what this could be about. Tony Robbins giving you a pattern and a path out of the pandemic. So nice of him to join us. You could join him on his free five-day New World, New You. Uh, It is called Make2021MyYear.com. And you find out about that January 21st. Back in a moment. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. A radio show like no other. It's Brian Kilmeade. Uh, I might be the only Republican at this place, but it's reaching across, loving one another, because that's what's going to get us through probably the most divided times that we have. Yeah, so Garth Brooks is going to play the inaugural, and he's going to join Lady Lady Gaga. Gaga. J-Lo. And J-Lo. Okay, fine. Uh, I don't know about J-Lo. I assume that she's a Democrat, but I will say this. Garth Brooks is a Republican. He's getting a lot of blowback. Easy. It's the President of the United States. Let him show up. I mean, I don't know why all these other people didn't show up. They want to be part of Donald Trump's inaugural. That's because they're small and they're afraid. There's a lot of people that supported Trump. They just don't want to come out publicly. I wish more people had the courage of Garth Brooks. Back off. If you're riding him and you're mad at him, don't be. He's a performer and he's an American. You remember LifeVac, right? LifeVac is what we sell here. Arthur Lee, my buddy uh, from soccer, invented it. It's a suction cup. You put place and pull in case someone chokes. He just emailed me this story from the 16th of January, a two-year-old choking on a chicken nugget. This is a police report. They could not get it out. They placed the device coupled, uh, coupled with the Heimlich, and they were able to save this kid's life. He lives over in Massapequa, where I live, actually in the block I grew up on. Two-year-old got saved by LifeVac. If you don't get this, you are crazy. If you want to be the hero of your family and friends, buy it for them and have them call you up and say, it saved my kid's life. Go to LifeVac.com, uh, .net, I should say. And, uh, and if you put in uh, our code, you, you'll get a discount.
it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.